So how are we to live now that we've been raised with Christ? How are we to live in relationship to sins such as anger and wrath and the things that go with it? Well, we're going to see that today. We're going to see that we need to stop living hypocritically if we're believers, and we need to put these things off like a dirty jacket in the context of trusting Christ. Welcome to this Friday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, the message today reveals some important truths about how we're to live out our faith. Indeed it does, Dave. And after having looked at uh, anger from uh, the perspective of the book of Jonah, we come back to Colossians, where we're going to see that there is no place in the Christian's life for anger that we're to put it off like a dirty coat, and then we're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's get to our passage. Turn with us to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 8 through 11. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, today's message is one you'll want to share with a friend. Just tell them to visit etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. They'll find today's broadcast, as well as a host of other archived broadcasts waiting there for them. Our web address, again, is simply etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Well, we live in a world that is full of sinners. We are redeemed sinners through Jesus Christ, and there are those who are not redeemed. We live in a world that has a hard time getting along with one another. There's problems between nations, problems between governments, problems within governments. There's problems within cities, states, counties. There's problems within families. We have problems getting along. Now, with that in mind, we know the reason why we have trouble. James chapter 4 makes it clear that it's because of our desires that we fight and quarrel. We want something and we don't get it, so we fight and quarrel. Man's uncontrolled desires leads to conflict and difficulty and anger. When people don't get their way, they get angry. And we as believers, we'll see, still are tempted to get angry when things don't go the way we think they should, whether good or bad. So how are we to live now that we've been raised with Christ? How are we to live in relationship to sins such as anger and wrath and the things that go with it? Well, we're going to see that today. We're going to see that we need to stop living hypocritically if we're believers, and we need to put these things off like a dirty jacket in the context of trusting Christ. So turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 8 through 11. Colossians 3, 8 through 11. And just a real quick review, we know the Apostle Paul is writing the Colossians. He has been informed by Epaphras of uh, these Colossians' faith in Jesus Christ and their love for one another. They're true believers. He's also been informed that there are threats to their faith. There are those trying to, chapter 2, delude them with persuasive arguments. There are those trying to take them spiritually captive by substituting systems of sanctification rather than relying and trusting in Christ. We saw that. We saw in chapter 1 the Apostle Paul was so thankful and that he prayed that they would be filled with the fullness of his will. And then he began to address the issues of these false teachers dead on. And what was his solution? We saw in the end of chapter 2 that the stuff that the false teachers were proposing are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Now, the world doesn't care about fleshly indulgence, but we as believers, we don't want to go that way. 
And so there are these people that will come along with false ways to deal with that. What's the Lord's way to do it? Paul shares Christ. It's a focus on Jesus Christ. Through him we have redemption. Through him we have forgiveness of sins. And he is the one in whom this first creation was brought about. And he is the one in whom the new creation was brought about, the church, we say. And in him we are complete. In the Lord Jesus Christ we have a complete salvation. In him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Therefore, we shouldn't be taken captive. We shouldn't allow them to pull our hearts onto ways that appear spiritual and appear to have religious value to follow Jesus Christ. And certainly in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul makes it clear that as we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's by faith, we are to walk in him. We're not to be those who delight in religious experience. We're not to be those who delight in experience, but also hold down the flesh through rules or whatever it might be. We're not to be those who focus on the shadows because of who Christ is. And we came to chapter 3, and we saw very clearly that if we've been raised with Christ, that we're to keep seeking the things above, the things of the exalted Christ, we're to keep seeking the things above where Christ is. And then lastly, we came upon the first application, really, of seeking the things above, which is to put to death sexual sin. And today we're going to have a continuation of that in terms of other sins that we are to just strip off, in a sense, to throw off of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So with that in mind, again, turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. And this is where faith meets the road, where the rubber meets the road. Because every single one of us is tempted. We certainly may not be indulging in sexual sin. We're, we're tempted to lust. But here, every single one of us is tempted to get angry. Every single one of us is tempted to get frustrated at circumstances. And we're tempted to react in ways that are not in line with the way the Lord would have us respond. So then, having laid the foundation for our walk, focus on the all-sufficient Savior Jesus Christ and focusing on Him, we have our passage. Colossians 3, and I'm going to read from verse 8. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. Tremendous passage. You might remember we saw last week we're to put to death sexual sin. Back in verse 5, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Right? And we saw what that was. We saw the therefore was connected to this wonderful portion in chapter 3 in the beginning. And I'll read it for you, 3 verse 1. If then you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And then he says, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. And we looked at that. He was using a figure of speech to say, consider those things that carry out, those members that carry out. And he literally was saying, literally we saw it, put to death. Don't let it live. You'll probably have a note in your Bible. Put it to death. Put to death these things. It's strong language. And we saw what they were. We saw the internal portion. We saw the external. We saw immorality and impurity. That's certainly sexual sin. 
those outward manifestations of a corrupt heart, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry or covetousness. We saw this was not calling for the severe treatment of the body, not to cut off your hands when you poke your eyes out or anything like that. It's not calling for what those in chapter 2, the false guys, would call for. It wasn't calling for a set of rules or following the shadows or following experience. It wasn't calling for that. Useless man-made religion. But it's calling for the death of everything in our lives contrary to godliness. You might remember we saw in Romans 8.13, If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So how do we put to death these sins? We saw, therefore, it's in connection to Christ, who is our life. We are in Christ. We have a totally sufficient Savior, Jesus Christ. He is sufficient, and we have a complete salvation in Christ. So when we set our mind on the things above, we see them from his perspective. We know that we are united to him and his power by his spirit. We can put to death or do not let live. Those temptations come upon you. Kill it off. Don't let it live. Don't let sexual immorality live in your life. And believe me, there's a lot of believers that are letting it live in their lives. The Internet makes that very easy these days. Don't let it live. Kill it off by the power of the Holy Spirit. Kill off those ties by the power of the Holy Spirit. Put sexual sin to death, which amounts ultimately to idolatry. And then we were given the strengthening of the argument. Why? Verse 6, for it is kind of these things that the wrath of God will come. God's wrath is coming upon sin and sinners, those who reject Jesus, because of these very sins that we are playing around with. We need to, by his power, put them to death. And we also saw verse 7, and in them you also once walked when you were living. And that's the way we used to be. It's the way we used to be. That's the way the world is now. Just go on the internet, look on YouTube and all those things. That's the way the world is. Go through the checkout line at the store. That's the way it is. Look at a commercial. Don't look at them, but look, you see them on the Super Bowl. Our society is sexualized. It's terrible. That's the way we used to live. But lay it aside, like we'll see, put it off, kill it off, separate yourself from those actions by the power of the Holy Spirit, by renewing your mind, focusing on Christ, allowing him to live through you, his word to change you. And so having seen this, because we're raised in Christ, we're to put these things to death, no middle ground, by the power of the Spirit, we're not to let them live, don't let them live. Then we come to, you might be saying, hey, I'm doing okay there, first list, put to death, but... Well, buckle your seatbelts. The next one, we're certainly going to see we're all tempted, as we really are with the first list, by the way. In our passage, we're going to see we are to put off or take off all of our ungodly, fleshly reactions. They're ugly, they're stinky, they're evil. Things, the way we react, the way mankind by nature reacts, but the way we are not to react. Now, verse 8, our passage. But now you also... Put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. He begins saying, but now. He's contrasting and bringing it into the present. And what's he contrasting? Verse 7, and in them you once also walked when you were living in them. You walked in those sins before you were saved, but now put them aside. Put them aside. He's going to talk about that. This term put aside, apotithemi, speaks of putting off or getting rid of something by removing it. Taking it off, like taking off a garment. If I was to remove this jacket, I would take it off 
and set it aside from myself. Paul switches from the metaphor of killing sin and not letting it live to the metaphor of removing one's sin from oneself, like taking off a dirty garment. He's going to reveal how we are to do that. You used to live in it. You used to live in anger. You used to live in wrath. You used to live in sexual sin. That's the way you lived. But now, if you've been raised with Christ, take it off and cast it from yourself. The action is of the will, and it's like removing a coat. Stop doing it and decide to remove the coat. And we'll see about that. Now, he's not saying to do it in your own strength, because this whole book is about Christ. This whole book is about focusing on Christ, allowing God's word dwell richly. He's not saying step out in your own strength and tighten your bootstraps and stop sinning. It's in the context of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So here it speaks of an action... It's an aorist tense in Greek, moment in time. Put it off. You know, you could take your jacket off continually, habitually, but you're never taking it off, right? you got to take it off and complete the action. Put it aside. And this term, but now, carries a sense of urgency. And as we're going to see, these sins, they're ugly. They're evil. They're ungodly. And they're from the flesh. And if you picture a garment that's polluted with refuse, a plumber who's been working down in the deep sewers and is full of that, he's not going to keep that on for dinner. It's stinky. It's it's terrible. He's going to take that clothing off. We see here, put it aside. You aren't who you used to be. So therefore, don't live that way. You've been delivered from the power and the eternal consequences of sin. You've been united with Christ's death to sin and his life to God, and rest in that union, trust the indwelling Christ to carry out your decision by faith to set it aside. You need to think through this. You need to think through the consequences of those sins. You think through what God sees in those. And we need to look at, as we'll see later on, when you put something off, you have something to put back on. We've got to renew our minds, as we'll see. Romans chapter 8, you can turn there, actually. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 10. You see, we tend to think, and we are, you know, when you commit sin, as Jesus said, you're a slave to sin. When we offer ourselves to sin, our members, Romans chapter 6, we're slaves to sin. And we feel that slavery. We feel those chains around us, right? But in reality, in Christ, we can say no to those things. Now, we're not going to be perfect. If we say we have no sin, we're lying. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Romans 8, verse 10. And if Christ is in you... Though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to live according to the flesh. For if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So here, we're to stop these things and take them off like a filthy garment. It's an example. Now, if you missed it, this is not a suggestion. This isn't God suggesting we do this. It's actually an imperative command. We're to be doing this, and it's God's will for us to do so. So in addition to these sexual sins in verses 5 through 7, what are we specifically to do? Notice the list. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, Malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Paul gives no leeway for a specific pet sin or sympathy for a specific temptation. 
he firmly commands these Colossians and us to put them all aside. All. Every one. Do not let them live. Cast them off like a filthy garment. And we'll see how to do that in a little bit. And notice he gives, I believe, two different groups of these sins. He gives the internal fleshly attitudes, anger, wrath, and malice, and then the external manifestations, slander, and abusive speech. So we're to lay off, kill off, first of all, what? Anger. We're all familiar with that, right? We live in an angry world. We've all been angry. People are angry. Don't get your food in time at the fast food. They get angry. Someone cuts them off. They get angry. We get angry. Angry for things don't go their way. The term anger here is orge. It's from the Greek word. We all know what that means, right? We know what anger is. And we know that it comes in the context of our desires that are unfulfilled. We want something. We don't get it. We get angry. You see that in James 3. It's a settled heart condition of anger. And we're to set it aside. Galatians 5.20, it's a deed of the flesh. It's not of the spirit. God isn't doing that. There's no place in the believer's life for anger, even when it's justified. We'll talk about this. Even when we momentarily get angry at sin and injustice. By the way, and you will, if you see evil, you see wicked things happen, it can make you angry. That's not sin. But we can't handle it. In James chapter 1, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. We need to get rid of it. We need to give it over to the Lord. Let him take care of it before the sun goes down. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And that word anger there is not the word orgy, it's par orgismos, the alongside anger. If you're even irritated by nighttime from that which you were angry earlier, you are then going to give Satan a place and do not give the devil an opportunity. Don't go to bed angry or irritated. Let the Lord take care of it. If it's a righteous anger, if it's unrighteous anger, then confess it. There's no room in the believer's life for anger in that context. We're to put it off. We're to see in the context of God's word and who God is, the circumstances that are angering us rightly, and we're to put it off and let him deal with it and trust him with it and go to him and rely on him and renew our hearts and minds, as we'll see. You see, when we're not renewing our hearts and minds and we see God wrongly, we're going to get angry. You remember Jonah? Jonah got angry because God was saving sinners that he hated. Jonah got angry because God was compassionate. And Jonah's anger led to depression and almost tried to commit suicide. Chapter 4 of Jonah, you can look at that. Unresolved anger leads to harm. It leads to hatred. It leads to murder. Jesus said, if you're angry with your brother, it's as good as you've murdered them in that context. Matthew chapter 5. So for believers, we should put it off. When someone says something we don't like, we got to see it rightly. We'll see later on. We should be forgiving. If anyone has anything against anyone, we should put it aside. It doesn't mean we don't deal with things rightly in the body of Christ. It doesn't mean we just let sin go. But love covers a multitude of sins. i got to let Christ take care of that. I'm in him, and I'm going to trust him. So as I'm tempted or if I've yielded, I confess it, and I tear it off like a garment, and I stop. Are you struggling with anger? Stop the struggle, kill it off. Like an old, dirty, rotten, stinky coat, tear it off and throw it down by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say no to your flesh and say yes to the Lord. You can say no to that. You can consider yourselves dead to sin if you go to Christ. You have no power saying no on your own. But if you go to Christ, you'd be set free. The Son sets you free. You're free indeed. You're here to put it off. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. 
You see, God's word should be renewing our minds and helping us understand that we've got to throw this stuff off. It's wrong. We used to live in it. But now, don't be that way. When you get angry at somebody, you've got to give it over to the Lord. Confess it if it's wrong. If it's righteous, give it over to the Lord. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be what? Put away from you. Don't hold on to it. Don't live in it. You know what? That takes humility. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to give it over to the Lord. Because we hold on to anger because someone did something to us or didn't do something to us that we wanted to, or whatever it might be. We get irritated. We've got to give it over to the Lord. He says here, and be kind to one another. Here's what we should do. Tender-hearted, forgiving. Hey, they did something to you, forgive them. Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. So then, we're to take off anger like a dirty garment and throw it away. Throw it down. Get rid of it. In the power of the Holy Spirit. And notice the next one. It says wrath. This is anger's wicked stepsister. The term here is thumos. And it speaks of an outburst of anger or a fit of rage. It's also a deed of the flesh. In Luke chapter 4, verse 28, we see that after the Lord Jesus shared the scriptures in the synagogue in Nazareth concerning him being the fulfillment of those scriptures, that we see that all the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with thumos. They were filled with rage. And they got up and cast him out of the city, and they wanted to kill him and throw him over a cliff. But Jesus passed through their midst. Think about this. You can call it road rage or road wrath, right? People get cut off and it's like, boom, angry right away. And guess what? We get tempted too, don't we? He wouldn't be telling us to put it off if it's something we couldn't get tempted to do and yield to it. Put it off. It's wrath. You're in Christ. Your flesh screams for an outlet. But Christ has set you free. Be thinking about him. Be trusting in him. Be relying on him. It doesn't fit who you are. Throw it off like a dirty coat. Forgive him. Let it go. Again, Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Stop by the power of the Holy Spirit. Renew your mind who you are in Christ and who he is, and allow him to deal with those circumstances, or confess it if you're seeing it wrongly, and allow his word to help you see it rightly so that you will not respond wrongly. What's the next one we're to put off here? What's the next one? Malice. The term malice, kakaya, speaks of an evil disposition meant on doing harm. It obviously stems in the context of one's selfish desires. We understand it. When we don't get our way internally, we'll fill with desire to harm those, we're tempted to be, who thwarted our desires or pleasures. It's the internal fruit of anger and bitterness left unchecked. Remember Titus chapter 3, before we were saved, we were spending our life in malice. Little malice, big malice, it's how we used to live. But now we are in Christ, and it doesn't fit us. Throw it off like a dirty garment, wicked, vile, stinky jacket. Throw it off. Put it off. Do not let it live. Choose by the power of the Holy Spirit to say no to those temptations. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's 
etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the Ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, what are some final thoughts that you can leave us with today? Well, Dave, we've just begun to see that we're to put off anger and wrath and malice. And within that, we're going to have some other things we need to put off that we're going to look at in our next edition of Equipping the Saints. But more importantly, it's not that we just put these things off by the power of the Holy Spirit, saying no to them. There's something that we are to put on. We're to be like Christ, as we will see. We're to be those that forgive because of how much we've been forgiven. Well, this passage is so important. So I want to encourage you to make plans to join us on Monday for our next edition of Equipping the Saints. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again on Monday, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church. Yeah.